Welcome to Screen Thoughts with Hollister and O'Toole. years 25 years ago pretty woman came out and i remember going in the middle of the day with another young mother my daughter was one and another mother and i went and we felt so decadent going in the middle of the day to see pretty woman i think we we're the only ones in the theater and we were mesmerized and loved the whole thing i mean who doesn't love cinderella uh, with Richard Gere and, you know, who just, who wouldn't absolutely love it. Now I will tell you in business, I'm in marketing. I swear to God, I will sit in boardrooms and say, well, it's all about pretty woman. I, you guys say who you say how much and you say when, (laughs) you know, every, any business arrangement can go back directly to pretty woman to say nothing of the fact that, uh, who doesn't love a great love story? So, okay, you can speak now, Tool. I know <laughs> I you're know. thrilled to you, be here today. Maybe you should have me under a gag order because when you said, who doesn't love Pretty Woman, I, I was thinking you might view that as a rhetorical question. But, you know, I, Hollister, I'm very excited for this podcast because I feel a little bit like I've scaled a mountain. I have carved my question in my stone. <laughs> I've reached the oracle, and it's a chance for me to have one of life's greatest mysteries explained to me. It does have an enduring appeal for people other than myself. You know that romantic comedies for me are like catnip. You need to explain it to me, Hollister. You really do. Okay, well, let's let's take, you know, let's put it in its historical context. And I know you're shocked that it even has <laughs> historical context. But it was the first rom-com, romantic comedy, that actually worked, where people came back to the genre. It brought Richard Gere back. His his, um, he was in a slump. Uh, it was really Julia Roberts, you know, claim to fame, but here's why I love this movie. Now, by the way, it's a terrible movie. I totally recognize (laughs) that. But the reason I love this movie is because she really couldn't be bought with money twice. She, she almost walked out on the money. She had her own set of values and she knew how to be a friend, and she knew how to have a friend, and she knew right from wrong, and she was not willing to settle. And so many things that I hope, you know, hope that I've taught and passed on to my child center around the fact that she really couldn't be bought. She negotiated a fee for her services. And we talked about this actually a little bit in Fifty Shades of Grey when, you know, our our little Dakota was uh, negotiating with the big guy. But Julia Roberts negotiated. She negotiated the fee. And then when he when she started to not like the way he was treating her, she left and didn't even take the money, even though he tried to pay her. You know, she had her sense of principles. And the truth is, she brought principles to him, the the man who was originally unprincipled. Why is that not a great life lesson? Hollister, you never cease to shock me. You really don't. I didn't think you were going to lead with pretty woman is a great moral lesson. It is. It is. Did she have to be, let alone the the cliche of the hooker with a heart of gold, but did she have to be the hooker with the good dental plan? I know. Wasn't she great? She really brought flossing. She brought flossing to us all. I know you're serious when you say that. There, I'm telling you, there are lots of great life lessons in there. There really are. Now, and also, I, I will say, I have a friend, Claire, and 
Um, Claire and I would often quote Pretty Woman when we were out and about. For example, mistake, big mistake. I mean, there are just so many great lines in it all together. To me, it had everything. It had fashion. It was had friendship. It had romance. It had drama. It had, you know, everything. And frankly, when she wears that red dress and he smacks her hand on the necklace she's going to wear overnight, I just, I thought it was charming. Truly charming. Well... I can definitely give you the fashion and I can definitely give you Richard Gere's face because the way he can emote with his eyes, the gaze that Richard Gere can project on the big screen is obviously very compelling. And I don't know, I just thought the premise was so unlikely that it was hard for me to buy into it. I I see that it can appeal to your inner business person that what Vivian and Edward in Pretty Woman, what they both shared was a love of money and a love of negotiation. I'll give you the fashion. Um, And I'll definitely give you the hair. I think it's a movie with great hair. What we do have to talk about, though, is originally, by the way, this movie was set to be a drama. And she was an addict in in the original screenplay. And she was an addict. And she had to go a week without without her drugs. And then she was going to get the money. That was the deal. And then in the end, she went back to the drugs in the middle of the week. And he throws her out of the limousine. And that's the end of the story. But when the script was sold to um, to Disney, Disney, yeah, and then Gary Marshall came in, he changed it around, and it was very unique for its time. Well, it's definitely a modern retelling of Pygmalion. You can imagine my bafflement. I mean, <laughs> let's let's add fuel to your fire. Julia Roberts was nominated for an Oscar for playing the hooker with the heart of gold. And, you know, just out of curiosity, I was about to add up how many women in Hollywood have been nominated for Oscars for playing hookers. And then I thought, I don't think I wanted to press myself further. Although it was kind of funny to me that when I think of Richard Gere's, the earliest movie I ever saw him in was American Gigolo. So I thought it was kind of funny that he went from being the gigolo. And also her friendship, you know, I mean, her friendship with her friend was amazing. I mean, Truly, but all right, let me, let's go to a little specifics though. So Pretty Woman, okay, actresses that were considered for the role of Vivian, Meg Ryan, Molly Ringwald, Winona Ryder, Michelle Pfeiffer, Jennifer Conley, Mary Steenburgen, uh, Daryl Hannah, and Jennifer Jason Lee. Um, those were the ones who were offered the part. Huh. Mistake, big yeah, mistake. The you mentioned, the one that I could most picture is Daryl Hannah. Hmm. I think she would have been good. Okay, and then the person who rejected Edward, you know who was going to who they wanted to play Edward, which who would never have been as good as Richard Gere. Guess who rejected the part? Al Pacino. He turned it down. He didn't want to play he didn't want to play the role because well, I didn't ask him. He didn't chat with me about it, but I read it. He tur- <laughs> he turned it down. I don't know why. But all their qualms about it, now they do. They seem quaint. Okay, but I I'm, I'm let me play one of my guessing games with you. Ready? Okay. Okay. Pretty woman or clueless just in terms of what i'd rather see you just have to pick which one is more compelling to you pretty woman or clueless clueless huh the american president or pretty woman the american president (laughs) bridget jones detect a pattern here in my answers (laughs) i get you know i you know maybe maybe this is touching too close to home do you want to talk about it okay um bridget bridget jones diary wait i'm not done bridget jones diary or pretty woman bridget jones diary Hotel Rwanda or Pretty Woman? Hotel Rwanda. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All righty then. How about this? Uh, 
Okay, that was very that was very funny. Look, it, it, there's not there's not you know this is not a a huge conversation about the merits of it. But but Gary Marshall was brilliant in terms of how he portrayed it all. And her friend, I think, is one of the great characters as a secondary character in movies. She is, yes, as Gary Marshall referred to that part as being the second banana, Laura San Giacomo was great in this. She was very she real is. Yep. and very authentic. And, of course, I first saw her in Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Um, and I also thought Hector Elizondo, who is in all of Gary Marshall's movies, he was also nominated um, for a Golden Globe. As was Richard Gere, Julia Roberts won the Golden Globe. Okay, and since you are such a Grey's Anatomy fan, do you remember the part Hector Elizondo played on Grey's Anatomy? Um, yes, he plays the father of um, of Kelly. That's right. Yes, right. I love who Hector was Elizondo. In, who was in You've Got Mail. That's right. It's right. all coming I know, full it's circle. all full circle. But but I, I do want to give a shout out to Gary Marshall because he has made so many things for TV and the big screen that I've loved. So he, of course, is the older brother of Penny Marshall, but he brought us shows like The Odd Couple, Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley. Um, in terms of movies, he directed The Princess Diary movies with Anne Hathaway and Julie Andrews. He directed Beaches with Bette Midler, Overboard with Goldie Hawn, The Other Sister. Um, he's definitely, you know, brought us a lot of very memorable things. You know, he brings a love of life. You, you know, I saw him interviewed. The whole cast came back and they were on the Today Show or the Morning Show, or one of those shows. And he has a love of life. I think he really, really enjoys living, as does Penny Marshall. When you read, you know, you gave me her book to read, her biography. And I just mm-hmm. have to say, I, I, you can see it in his movies. You know, there's a sense of whimsy. There's a sense of humor. There's a sense of, you know, all kinds of things. You know, when, when she's shopping with, with him and the guy starts sucking up to um, Richard Gere rather than to her, and he says, her, not me. I mean, he just has this way of bringing out the humor in any, you know, any of the situations. And I, I think uh, I think it's, you know, I, I like that about him. I think he's a person I'd really like. There is a quote attributed to Gary Marshall, which I think is fantastic. And this is the quote, in the education of the American people, I am recess. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? That's exactly right. And you know what? And he's fine with that. He's fine with that. But do yes. not, uh, do not, my friend, underestimate the lessons of Pretty Woman. Do not, do not, do not. I was amazed when I did a little research to find out that it was nominated for the English, French, and German equivalents of what for us is the best foreign language film Oscar. <laughs> and I was, I was shocked by this. I remember when it came out and they did a special reportage on the news where they interviewed real-life streetwalkers. They were so concerned that Pretty Woman would give the, all the real-life streetwalkers false hope. And I remember watching this reportage, and it was actually, it was sad, but amusing, tragedy funny, where they said, you know, you, you realize none of you is hoping to be rescued, right? Like, you know that Richard Gere is not going to come up in his limousine and sweep you away into this great romance. And they said, trust us, not only do we know that, but we also know that our clients don't look like Richard Gere. But okay, so <laughs> let me ask you a question. Pretty Woman or Notting Hill? Pretty Woman. Really? Hollister, you're killing me. I think Notting Hill reaches levels. Oh, because that that premise makes sense. Yeah. She's going to walk into the bookstore. He's going to spill, 
you know, um, orange juice on. I mean, come on, seriously. To me, that's much more likely than the hooker with the blonde wig giving a guy in a fancy car directions to the hotel that buys her for two weeks and then wants to ride up her fire escape and marry her with a rose. It's funny. I mean, I will definitely say Julia Roberts and Richard Gere had great chemistry. Yeah, they I just do. think the yeah. premise did not appeal to me. The script did not appeal to me. But even that scene where he's opening up that jewelry container and then snaps it shut on her hand and yeah. she laughs out loud, that was not in the script it was just julie roberts i guess had turned 21 while making this movie and um gary marshall pulled richard gear aside and said let's just pull a prank on her yeah no yeah that was she didn't know that was coming so yes that's true but um what about the part played by jason alexander who of course was george on seinfeld what did you think about that part i thought it was needed and i thought that you know he doesn't if not it's too it's too ridiculous. It, it, I, I know you're going to hate this, but if if without Alexander to show that life goes on in the bad way that it does, I mean, you know, Richard Gere was special and he came out of it, but Alexander was who he was and, you know, the, he was a bad guy. I think it was an important role. I thought it was... Well, a- he was definitely the villain, but I thought he was so unlikable. It was a bit much. Um, and it was an interesting calculus really that you had jason alexander and richard Gere on one side and julia yeah, but Roberts I, I and Laura have, I, you know, on the other. Ha, I, you know i i've met men like that i think he is unlikable and but i think there are unlikable people in the world and and i th- thought he mirrored one of them very well actually I didn't, um, yeah. did you think it was so you basically felt it was unrealistic that there aren't people like that I thought the whole movie was so Hollywoodized, where she was clearly a Hollywood version of a hooker. And Richard Gere, where I have no objection, is the Hollywood version of the leading man. But, you know, Jason Alexander's character was so smarmy. And um, so, again, the the two characters, no, the three characters, I'll say the three that struck me as the realist um, were Hector Elizondo, Laura San Giacomo, and Larry Miller. Larry Miller's a great character actor who's been in a ton of things, but yeah. he was the male yeah. clerk in the boutique, and I thought he was very good. Yeah, and you see him, you see him later in other things too. I yeah, I thought they were all. I think what you're, you know, the premise that you know there, there are are very very um, rich people who sleep with prostitutes. There's no question about that. Okay, but do so they pick up the one who happens well, to be on the street and hops into their car bet, to give them directions. Well, here's the thing. We know that they do because um, look, for example, who's the star, who is the star of Notting Hill? Hugh Grant. Yeah, okay. He picked up one on the side of the street and got he arrested. He didn't know who he was. was it? Yes, he did. He got arrested. Yep. Unlike Richard Gere, who just gets welcomed into a very well, fancy but hotel. Well, but when, he, got, when he, got, he, he, he picked up a prostitute on the side of the street because he wanted sex, he happened to get arrested. But who's to say they couldn't have had an encounter that he really liked? And then he said, okay, I'm going to be in Hollywood for a week. I want you to be here. You know, I mean, you know, it's not as quite as far away as you might think. Well, your example is Hugh Grant picked up a prostitute who didn't know who he was. He got arrested. He ended up with a mugshot. It was almost the end of his career. Right, the but it could. But you Richard don't know. Gere it could have gone. No, well, yeah, but it could have gone the other way. Like Julia Roberts, who he could bring to a polo. No, field. but it very easily could have gone the other way. I think what the point that I'm making is that the rich people or famous people could, in fact, pick up uh, sort of uh, street street hookers. Uh, I have no, I mean, no doubt that prostitution is one of the oldest professions on the planet. No doubt. Um, But the love story aspect and uh, how nice she looked is a little overdone. 
Oh, well, I, you know, some people clean up really well. I, you know, oh. it clearly is one of the most successful uh, romantic comedies ever. And I think I think a lot of people look upon it very fondly. But I also think there were lessons. But I think there's lessons in anything on the screen. So I can understand your dislike of Pretty Woman. But in general, a lot of people love it. And, um, and I personally am glad that they do. Well, okay, my two bits of trivia. Okay. Um, do you know whose first movie this was. It's an actor we have not yet mentioned yet in this podcast, and he really just has a brief cameo at the beginning of Pretty Woman. I do not know who. Hank Azaria. Oh, okay. Okay, well, I will I will give you a piece of trivia. Ready? Julia, okay. Ro- Julia Roberts has a vein that sticks out in her forehead. Do you know about that vein? Uh-huh. Okay, so she was so nervous when she was in bed with, with Gary that the vein kept popping up. So Gary Marshall got into bed with Julia and Richard Gere, and he kept massaging her forehead until the vein would disappear. And then, Seriously? Yeah. And then she broke into hives, and then she was given calamine lotion until they were Did finally able to- Did she break able- into hives because she's now in bed with Gary Marshall and Richard Gere oh God, having her I head know. massaged? I don't know. I don't know. And also, wow. Richard Gere is playing the piano, um, and he actually- yes, he plays he com- several instruments. And he composed the piece that was used. So really, yeah, you didn't know he had See, that in him, right? Exactly. That is some good talent. Well, I've seen him play the trombone and now the piano. And so, wow, that is some good talent. Okay. And I have one, one last thing. And you know, the opera they're singing is La Traviata. It's about a prostitute who falls in love with a wealthy man. Now, come on. Oh, how could well, you not you know, love that? Yeah, exactly. One of those old, old storylines. Well, okay. That was actually the Museum of Natural History. Oh, all right. Well, but it looked very much like an opera because the opera house they found in San Francisco, it had just had all its windows blown out in an earthquake. Okay. Well, I'll give you one more. Okay. Back and forth. Back and forth. Okay. So Richard Gere, when he first started acting in the role, he was moving a lot. He was very active. and, And Gary Marshall took him aside and he says, Richard, in this movie, one of you moves and one of you doesn't. Guess which one you are. That's great. Yeah, and also I think it works. It's really true. It really, really is true. Did you realize that Gary Marshall made a couple cameos himself in Pretty Woman? I did. I did. I did. I did. And you mentioned that the original script was a drama. Yeah, it was. Do you know the original title? Uh, No. 3,000, which refers to? The amount of money she was supposed to get. Yes. I knew you would know because, you know, it spoke to your inner negotiator. But they said that title just did not test well with audiences. They thought it was about hookers on the moon. <laughs> You've got to admit, Pretty Woman is a better title. Well, it is. And I'm so glad we did it. I'm so glad we took a, you know, a little shortened version of what we usually do to honor the 25th anniversary of what I consider to be. And O'Toole, as she grows older, she will find it in her soul, too. I don't think so. I it think hasn't so. mellowed for me at all in the last 25 Okay, if you years. see it as you're, as you're channel surfing, do you, ever, do you ever stay on it and watch again? Never. Okay. Never. Well, there you go. Well, all right, we're not going to argue about this anymore. <laughs> it's the best, one of the best movies of all time, and O'Toole now agrees. Be quiet now. <laughs> Hollister, Hollister, Hollister. I know. All right, I think you should just sing the song for us one last pretty time. Pretty woman walking down the street. Pretty woman, the kind I'd like to meet. Okay, Roy Oberson should at least get some credit for that. <laughs> <laughs>